Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to What a Night, part of the 90 Min Podcast Network, where we talk about everything Tottenham Hotspur and my good friend Jude Summerfield. It is a great day to talk about everything Tottenham Hotspur because... We've just smashed up the Arsenal. We have! Yay! Oh, you are <laughs> as chipper as I've ever seen you, buddy. Oh, what a, what a fantastic game, eh? It was, it was just so many perfect things to it. I think that's why. Like, it, it could have been just, you know, if we'd got through a nervy kind of 2-1, where it was, okay, we've done our job. Now it's just about kind of hoping things happen down the line. But it wasn't just that. It was... A complete implosion by Arsenal, which is up there with the kind of salty, salty, whatever kind of that that genre of Arsenal fan ever. Like just perfect, kind of everything. Yeah. <laughs> everything was perfect. Yeah, love the result, but you know all the little sides and crackling that come. Oh, wait a minute! All right, um, where did we get to? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I could, I could just like just go, we'll start with the start of the night and just go from there. All right, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Okay, I guess a good place to start would be the start of the night. I mean, it is not often that a game kind of dominates my feeling and my mood um, for more than a few hours at a time. But I was, I woke up on Thursday morning. I was really, really kind of nervous. I was really, it really kind of set in. Wow. I could be about to go to a match where Arsenal secure top four on our patch, first time in front of full <laughs> capacity. And I was just like, oh, I didn't like, I was just so kind of scared of that. And I was always kind of battling back with kind of logic, which was, I believe Tottenham are a better team than Arsenal. The table might not say it because there's always kind of variables, and especially the fact that Conte didn't come in until November. Um, but it's just kind of, I was just wrestling with that. How did you feel in the lead up to it, Jude? Yeah. Um, can I ask what time you got up on Thursday? I got up around eight and I wasn't scheduled to work in the morning. Um, so okay. it's quite, that's quite, I feel like quite early for me, like yeah. on a day where I'm not required to do work straight away. Sure. I feel like that's quite early for me. Yeah. I only ask because, yeah, I was up at seven and was working that morning. I'd sort of been praying for, uh, a nice little, we have nice little 10 till six shifts, don't we? We're going to have a little lion mm. and then, <laughs> and then the day usually goes relatively quickly, but no, I finish work at like half four that day. And then it's like, look at the watch, still got another three hours to go. And the day's gone painfully <laughs> slowly already. Um, and there's all this anxiety and all this playing into, into your psyche. Um, mm. I had to go for a fucking walk like an hour before. <laughs> just, just like <laughs> it was all getting too much. <laughs> it's because like, you wait, you you know, an hour before kickoff is team news. So you're like, okay, great, that's a, that's a milestone. Mm-hmm. But then you got another hour after that to wait. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. I made it like very tactical. So I was like, I'll get to the beach for like six forty-five, and then when the news comes, 
And then even when I got home, there was still 20 minutes till kickoff, and it was like the longest 20 minutes of my life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was, were you part of the part of the um crowd that walked down the down the high street? No, I was not. I was aware I was aware that that was gonna happen. So I got I got to watch my same. Yeah. As, um, pretty much as early as um the media are allowed in because I knew that was gonna happen. Yeah. And but even then I thought, you know, it was a so Thursday afternoon when I was getting there, like, it was really, really busy. The pictures from it then. just looked incredible, didn't they? It was all yeah, all I mean, yeah, I mean, it's part, it's part of the regrets not being able to go. Yeah, not being able to do that walk with all the fans and stuff. But um, you know, everyone knew the importance. I think we we generally do have showed up as fans for the big occasions at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. I think yeah. the IX game. Um, massive testament to that and we'll come on to talking a little bit about that later but as we, as we were waiting anxiously for the match to begin June we were dealt some bit more bad news firstly that mm. um, Mikhail Arteta and his weird attempt at mind games think, saying that Saka might not be available were of, of course lies Saka started but from steaming out of nowhere there was a, I don't know, someone who was in the north stand the Paxton Lane end and they were like getting pictures of all the players arriving. And he said, Christian Romero was not the one of the players that had arrived with the team. Mm-hmm. And they kind of, these rumors started swirling. Oh, where's Romero? Is he going to be, is he going to be fit? Lo and behold, the team gets announced. There's no Romero. Dennis Sanchez mm-hmm. comes in. And I was really kind of worried about that. Mm. Our beautiful RG head case. Yeah. Wasn't fit mm-hmm. for it. And he'd been, he's been so good these last few weeks. Well, months really. And, um, mm-hmm. You weigh up him and Davinson Sanchez, like before the game, I was convinced that that would have quite a large effect on yes. how they play. Just because Romero is, I know he, I mean, I pro- we probably feed into his reputation as a cruncher, but he's so good with the ball at his feet as well, the way he charges yeah. forward and like uh, frees up space for other people. And um, Davinson's never really been about that, you know. <laughs> he, he can struggle with his passing sometimes and he, you know, he, he's sort of a, a hero or a, a penalty merchant, isn't he, whenever he plays? So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that was that was some really dodgy team news that did, as you said, sort of came out of nowhere. Um, and now he's he's not around for the, the rest of the season either, which is which is tough for these last two games. But we can come <laughs> on to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and and this isn't the last that we're going to talk about Demis Sanchez either. We'll get to him as well. But yeah. Um, so I went to set up uh, in my seat about half hour before kickoff. I don't usually go out that early, but I wanted to kind of get a feel of the atmosphere because it did feel like one of those games where it, you're going to be able to feel like the, everything that was in the stands. It was going to have a tangible impact on the game. Um, and our good friend of this pod, Ben Haynes, uh, a quick turnaround after he was in Arizona this week, pitch side with Oliver Skip. And Oliver Skip said that he was actually one of the people who was down the high road when... Um, all the kind of chaos was happening. So that was really nice to see. Up but then the thing, uh, I, I, I love I love Ben. I love um, when he does the interviews pre-match and stuff. I've never seen the crowd react to him the way that they did last night when he mm-hmm. he always like, says, um, get behind the team, the North Stand, the East Stand, the West Stand and the Park Lane South Stand. Get behind the team, come on your spurs. And as he said that, for the first time I've, I've ever, that I've ever seen, Ben probably might tell me otherwise that it's happened a few more times, it was a huge roar. It was a huge, huge roar. And it was, this is still like 15, 20 minutes from kickoff. And I'm just like, whoa, okay. There's something special. You could see like all like the, um, 
and the the cards Tifo, or whatever yeah. for, for the Tifo, yeah, they were laid out. So that was going to come. And then the, the whole 10 minutes before the kickoff, it was common you Spurs or when the Spurs go marching in, hello, hello, we are the Tottenham boys, all of that. And I tweeted about it last night because this is a billion pound stadium. We know it's an amazing stadium. We, we're biased. We will say it's the best stadium in the world, whatever. But the, one of the underrated things is how much um, kind of Levy pushed for the acoustics to be top notch for everything that's redesigned so that when the place is buzzing, it's really kind of buzzing. And I felt a little, not like dizzy, but kind of disoriented with how loud the noise was as the teams emerged because it was, it was like ringing in your ears. It felt properly like, like you're in a den. Like there was just banging everywhere. Everyone's shouting, screaming at the top of their lungs. And I think it's, it's different to when I was at the Ajax game, which I think is the other game where the atmosphere has been on another level. But because I was in actually with the fans that day, so you kind of lose a bit of what's going on because you're contributing yourself. It's different when you're not, when you don't have the ability to do that. Did it sound as kind of loud and raucous on the TV? Oh, actually, I should ask, where did you watch it, actually? Well, I watched it at home, and thankfully, um, none of my family are particularly big on football, so there was no ribbing, and I could just have my laptop <laughs> on my knees and just watch it while they were watching, uh, I don't know, probably Selling Sunset or, or something like that. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, yeah, but just the whole, it sounded absolutely ridiculous, mate. I mean, from from the games that I've, I've covered of Spurs at that stadium, I haven't experienced... Um, a proper raucous pre-match build-up like the one that I saw. Uh, the only, the few times that I've seen the stadium go into like properly ridiculous free-flowing chanting is when they've been like four or five nil up. So when they were chanting in that Everton game that um, you, you're just a shit Stephen Gerrard to Frank Lampard. That was really clear <laughs> because... <laughs> when, 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 so when things are going in our favour, like just not from the off, yeah. kind of, I get what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's that's when it's been its loudest. But it just looked, it just looked special. And I, I, to be honest, um, seeing the amount of stuff that Tottenham's Twitter was putting out in the build-up to the game just made me like dread it more. But I think that mm-hmm. that sense of like unity from the fans just sent me into a proper gammon phase of like, let's get into them. You know, come on, you guys, <laughs> like, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna absolutely smash it. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it just looked. I'm, I'm very jealous that that you were there, um, but it, it just looked in, in, in incredible, mate. Like. I, I just hope that that's the the start of something pretty big for the stadium because it must have been the first time it's it's properly felt like home because it, it needed like a proper christening moment, didn't it? Mm, I don't yeah. think we really had that. We've had like good wins against decent teams there, but you know when we beat Arsenal, there were no fans there, obviously before, mm. and like when we, I think the City one on the on the first day was quite good, but there was obviously a lot of noise from from. Uh, you know, other areas that were feeding into that as well. Um, but yeah, hopefully that's, that's, I mean, it's tough to make it a regular thing, isn't it? Because that's, there's so much emotion yeah. and so many different storylines feeding into that game. It's quite, it's quite rare. So, you know, it was just a massive, massive game. So the, the, the Spurs fans responded in kind and they were, they were brilliant all game. I'm sure that, I'm sure being there in the, in the, in the press box, you would have experienced that. But yeah, they were amazing. It, 
It was. If anything, it was a bit distracting. And I think the way that the game played out, I think if it, if it was a tighter game, it might have been even more distracting. It might have been because I think I was talking to um, our good friend Dan Kilpatrick about it after the game. And he was just basically saying like it was just really a nice relief that the way that the match did go, it kind of died down at the end. It was a lot more calmer. We were able to just kind of bask in the glory of what was happening rather than worry a little bit. And for the kind of, you know, was there another decibel that could have been reached I don't know um, but it was a really memorable night um, before we start talking about the football might be a good and... idea mate. It's, a, <laughs> it's a bloody football podcast is it it's the first thing I actually want to talk about is we'll go back to our boy Davidson Sanchez because there was a point around the five minute mark where I think Arsenal kind of started a little bit on top, not like in terms of like they didn't make any chances or anything. Like it wasn't mm. that. It was just the kind of they had the ball in the better areas. They weren't actually doing anything with it. It's fine. We were kind of keeping them at arm's length. But there was a point where we were trying to build from the back. And Sanchez, he has a kind of a few options. I think there were a couple of times where Bentenko was screaming to give it to him or Hoiberg or Emerson. And Sanchez turns and passes back to Lloris. And this is five minutes in. And because everyone is so charged up, because everyone's still in that kind of that kind of mindset that this is do or die. There's a huge groan. And it's, it's not like one of those kind of normal ones where a player passes it back. This is like, this is like it was the 89th minute and we needed a goal and he's, hmm. and he's kicked it back from the halfway line back to the keeper. That's how loud the moan was. And I really thought that might've been a turning point for Sanchez and for Spurs. And that it might have made him a bit nervy. It might've put him on the, off the game. But I actually thought, after the first kind of five or ten minutes, I thought we really kind of kicked on from there. I thought we, I was really impressed mm-hmm. with just the way that we were progressing more than the way that Arsenal were progressing up the field, just in that opening, the opening chasm. And this is we're not going to talk about this for long because there's not actually a lot happening at this point. But that was just my feeling of the opening bit. Yeah, um, I'd say Sanchez had another little moment where he booted it into the crowd, which I was a little yeah yeah I was a little. I think that might have been after after that back pass where I started thinking, hmm, okay, Sanchez and Emerson on the right against Martinelli. Because, like, as you as you mm, say, yeah. like, Arsenal didn't, they didn't create clear-cut opportunities in that opening 20 minutes. They got the ball into decent areas. Um, but a lot of the times they did that, it was it was Martinelli who was sort of driving at Emerson and sort of looked like he got clear at some point on, and couldn't find the cutback or whatever. Um, so it, that was quite, like, a challenging opening 20 minutes for Sanchez in particular. Um, but I think he he handled it pretty well. And like, they didn't create any clear cut opportunities going down that side. Um, he won most of his duels. Like Martinelli eventually sort of got, he just, he just tucked himself out basically, didn't he? He got a bit tired mm. and, and had to, had to come off. Um, <laughs> which is, it's, it, it must be a bit weird being in Davinson Sanchez and Emerson Royal pocket it must be a weird place I to thought try, I, find it, yourself, try and like claw your way out of <laughs> yeah I was saying in our Slack chat to uh, the other person that was on shift with us and Tom and I just said like, he was covering another game uh, I just said to him Martinez come off he's locked in Emerson jail that's a really weird <laughs> sentence to type out for me really <laughs> 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 so strange. Emerson's yeah. been so good these last things. He's picked a great time to actually yeah, play yeah. to do some performances because oh, you know Lord. he's really put he's putting the comp makers to work now. You know <laughs> they've got too much to handle. <laughs> yeah, he's, um, he's but but after that opening tense twenty minutes or so, first beginning of the night, we get a penalty. 
Kulazewski with a really, really kind of teasing cross. And I couldn't actually see what happened first time from my seat. I thought that the claims were, I saw, I saw kind of Son going in for it, but my focus was on Session behind. And I thought the claim for the pen was that Session had headed it back and they'd come off um, Cedric or Gabriel's hand or something. Yeah, I didn't it, actually realize to watch the replay what it was. And I, yeah. couldn't, I couldn't actually see that many protests from where I was. But then I watched the replay on the screen. And I'm thinking, and I am thinking, it's a foul. I do, I am sometimes thinking it's not, you don't always see them given, but I'm also thinking it's a foul. But I knew instantly Arsenal fans are going to find a way to <laughs> to bring this up, to kind of twist it against them. That there's the referees hate them, that the PGMOL like are purposely out to get them, that Mike Riley has it in for them, and all this kind of other nonsense. But did you think did you think it was a pen? <laughs> I just really hope the authorities take a look at those complaints. <laughs> And take it really seriously because this seems to happen season upon season. <laughs> only, <laughs> so, to, only to only to and, them. Like, oh, I can't believe only it. Only to Arsenal. You know. You know. The rest of us sort of go. You win some, you lose some, and then they're just wrong every every season. Well, what, so I, I think <laughs> someone said someone said there was a graphic on Sky. What was the amount of red cards since Arteta's taken over? And I think yeah. Arsenal are way out in front. Well, we've I think an I said article someone... about that. Mate. <laughs> we need to update that. That's what, we actually yeah, do need to actually. update that today. <laughs> That's totally important. slipped my mind. Um, the actual penalty. You know what? If if the ball had been like ten, or like five or ten foot higher, I think, mm. like you could just you could. If, so, if someone's not actually involved to trying to get the ball, yeah. This this is the yeah. problem I I found because. Like if, if you're gonna nudge someone, you have to get the timing right as well. Because otherwise, mm. you know, if somebody's leaping, you get a nudge in the back, you're getting propelled forward, aren't you? Um, and in in my mind, I thought, you know, get when it was live, I was like, get your head on that side. Are you like it's it's missed mm. like two defenders yeah. in the middle, and I'm thinking, yeah, it, it actually harmed the chance the chance of scoring a goal. That's yeah, the, that's exactly. really what happened. That's why I, that penalty was awarded. Yeah, I thought he's the favourite to get that ball, which is why on the replay, you look at it and you think, well, he's about to nod it in and he's got a nudge on from the back. Like, yeah. I don't see what the complaint can be, you know? You have to you take mean, emotion. You mean the full-length replay? <laughs> yeah. The full-length the full <laughs> replay and not the, the 0.5-second clip that Arsenal fans are using where Son is literally just falling to prove <laughs> that it wasn't a foul. It's just like, yeah, you've clipped out the foul, you idiot. But uh, whatever. No, so Harry Kane steps up. Yeah. <laughs> Proper field day. Today, Harry Kane right? steps up, scores the pen. Yeah, he scores does. the pen. That's, Harry Kane scores pens. That's what he does. Like, don't need to really kind of look too much into it. Apart from maybe mm. Antonio Conte's mute celebration, which I thought was really cool. Just kind yeah. of like you know, he, this guy goes crazy about every single goal. We could be like five one down, and he'll start running over to his coaches, yeah. and he just kind of didn't do that. Just kind of arms folded, little fist pump, back to work. You know, kind of different for him. But just I, this is the really kind of began. Arsenal cycle of implosion because Cedric definitely thought that he was doing a smart thing by knocking Son out of his stride, fouling him, but because he's going for the ball, it's not it's not smart, it's dumb. It's really, really dumb. And then soon after, Son just is the protagonist again. He's at he at this point with a couple of scraps with Rob Holding. You know, there was one at the start. This is the thing that Arsenal fans leave out. They 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 focus on the, the scrap where Son's kind of like kind of barging his way out, like his his elbows are not massively swinging, but he's just kind of like trying to get out of his grasp. But they do neglect to mention that there is also one where holding is like properly kind of need him and has yeah. our ball boy style in the, the like the back. And Son had to kind of get treatment for that as well. 
but then all you know it could have gone either way with one of those getting sent off i think after that incident son tried to go after holding and i think someone had to put, hold him back and i think that kind yeah. of helped him from getting sent off but one of them was going to go son uh, holding sorry already at this point in the booking son's running in behind with a great board at the top from dyer elbow to the face i could see it point blank from where i was and when the ref blew his whistle i was like i literally said the kind of like out loud to myself oh my god he's gonna walk and I was just thinking, oh my god, they're gonna be one nil down. They're gonna have ten men. <laughs> <laughs> We've sort of been in this position as well, so and it didn't end well, from what I remember. Yes, yes, ago, I did. So, I, yeah, um, that's, that's one of my tweets buried beneath all the kind of fun stuff last <laughs> night. I was worried about 15, 16 kind of collapse, but yeah, it was it it was obviously a, a bit of a game plan for Rob Holding to try and go in tight on Sun, and I think they had mm. in that twenty minutes they had El Nene sort of around Kane and he was sort of doing a good job at intercepting passes and that but um so those were the two sort of like central battles that were going on but holding like it's 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 I just find it bizarre I find it a bizarre approach to defending to be honest he's um he's rattled he's rattled Son quite early on and Son's you know he, Son's a dark arts guy as well like let's not get it mm. twisted like yeah he's had Low key underrated. yeah 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 He's, well, he's learned from our boy uh, Eric Lamella, hasn't he? <laughs> so many years together, they've uh, they've been swapping tricks of the trade. Um, so they're, they're they're both getting aggro with each other, and I think you know, fair fair play. There's been some, there's been a little bit of argy bargy, but nothing that until Holding got booked for like repeat offending. Yeah, been yeah, untoward. Um, but I think by the time Holding had been sent off, he had committed four fouls in 36 minutes and i think i can't i can't remember wasn't probably worthy of booking right yeah well this is the thing i was thinking just because it was because it was early like referees just tend to give a bit more leeway Mm. don't they before they say yeah so i think one of them must have been for totting up which you know you commit three fouls you're gonna you're gonna get booked um and then this, it's just so brainless that the forearm to the face. I can't. I'm genuinely trying to wrap my my head around it. Um, I think I do think Son is is looking for a reasonable amount of contact from from Holding because he's mm. got him targeted. He's got Holding on a yellow card. So he's rolling he can, every time that he's this yellow. Yeah. Like Holding get touched tight and Son's like, "Cool, I'm going to beat you every time, no matter what how what the outcome is. I'm winning." Yeah, this sure. Duel. So there's been like there's been shirt tugging and all that, and then. But I don't know if he's just going for if he initially goes for a shoulder and maybe his aggro's got the better of him and he's just extended his arm into it's it's so it's so strange. I just don't understand what was going through his head at that point. Because the game isn't gone. You know, Arsenal are a decent team. They've had decent little moments in that opening 20. And he just sticks a forearm in like the biggest game of the season into Son's face and gets himself sent off. Like they, they can't appeal that, can they? Because it's too. No, it was, it was second yellow. Yeah. Yeah, and like I can't saw, yeah, and I saw like articles saying or Mikel Arteta saying they want to appeal it, but it, it, they can't do it. He's out. <laughs> I've got some news for you, buddy. Yeah, it's <laughs> unless he thought it, it was a straight red, and that's why he was upset. <laughs> well, actually, in fairness, it, probably, it, it could have been a straight red. There's a, there's grounds where it could have been a straight yeah. red anyway. Mm. Uh, uh, so okay, so I'm biased Sorry, because went away, but I actually thought that I thought the I thought the ref made two good decisions, big ballsy decisions <laughs> that he might not have given if like, it was like 
a cup final at Wembley or something. Like, you remember that um, Chelsea Liverpool Carling, um, Carabao Cup game, sorry, at Wembley? Mm. There could have been a couple of red cards in that, and it felt like the ref didn't want to ruin the occasion. Mm. And the Arsenal camp was saying the ref did ruin the occasion here, but the ref was making the right calls. That was the important thing. His first job as a referee is to get the, the decisions right, and I thought he got them right. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll agree right. with you, mate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm nothing more to add. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And then the second goal actually really well worked. It, and it kind of has gone under the radar how well worked it was. Son's corner comes in. Benson caught. Didn't know he had that leap in him. Just kind of, it's like it's like a rugby line now. Like he's just, he just rises so high in the box, and then Kane onside stoops in. Really kind of good, low, pure poachers finish to prove that he's not just the kind of false nine or the paradox nine that Dan quoted as saying. But he is still a number nine at the same time. Yeah, perfect time to um to pick out a set piece like that as well. Obviously, Holding's gone off. They didn't Arsenal didn't make a, a substitution to bring. Um, a central defender on in that time. I can't remember who slotted in. I think they did. They go. They go, They went three at the back at one point. I think went three so at the back. Jacka uh, was filling in a little bit at times. Ben yeah. White was stripped and ready to go, and then they didn't bring him on. I don't know if they just felt uh, he'd done know, no training. What? I don't think he'd done any training. Yeah, no, yeah, training. no, yeah. So he, he's look, he looked ready, and then Arteta was just like, "No, nah, oh, fuck it, sit down. Yeah. It's not worth it. Not worth yeah. it, mate." Yeah. So it's they, and they just the ball in was perfect. Great little flick from from Ben Tanker, and um, I thought I thought the finish was quite hilarious. To be honest, the way he sort of like collapses like his body and just falls and heads it in. It was- <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's like he's doing everything he can in order to get the best contact on it. Yeah, and avoid clattering into the post as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would have taken the shine off. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was a really nice goal. And um, I'll, I'll be honest, I, I texted my mate before the game saying, like, I think Son will be the guy here. And it was actually, like, it was really lovely and refreshing that, that Kane was, like, the guy. And I know he's been the guy in the North London derby so much. Mm. But just in a, in a game of this magnitude that he was the, he was the man who got us that, that cushion, that 2-0. Yes. Um, yeah. That just set us up in the game. And from then on, it was like, Surely, <laughs> surely, there's no way this goes wrong. Um, and then he's and then he just generally started getting into the game more and started like striking stuff. Yes, and yeah, I thought from, that was it. Like, I think when he's when he when he scored the pen, that was like the kind of catalyst, like, okay, I'm here, I've settled yeah. in because he, he was quite quiet in the opening exchanges, but then once he's got the pen, he's got the goal, he's like really kind of can smell blood, and that's kind of it's been more about Kane or like the last couple of months, really. Like, he's not playing full throttle all the time. He's picking and choosing his moments. He's mm. he's more kind of considered about, okay, when am I going to drop? When am I going to run behind? When am I going to bring Son and Kuzevsky into play instead? So I think you kind of recognise that he's not like the same Kane who could beat at least a few people with a yard of pace a few years ago. Yeah. He's different. He's a different player now. He's got the nutmeg at least. He was that out yeah. right now again. So it can be yeah. a player there, but yeah, not the wheels anymore, I don't think. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so from that sort of point, I mean, how did, how did it go? We went, that was about 37 minutes, wasn't it? And it was just relatively cruise until half time, right? Yeah, we had uh, Emerson probably could have added a third with a yeah, Young's good cross. Um, Emerson just fluffed it. Um, I actually th- I think this is actually a good time to talk about the, the wing backs, actually, because I think mm-hmm. both were superb. I think Sessignon in particular was incredible in the way that he's locked down. Saka and Salah um, mm. in 
the last week. I think those two are going to win the PFA Awards this year. I think Sal will win Player of the Year, and I think Saka will Young Player of the Year. For Sessing on a guy who, so often, I know that I have criticised him a lot for saying um, he's just he's just too timid. He's not. He doesn't have that kind of aggression that we need in the Conte team. But you actually now look at kind of some of his body of work now that he's had a run of games, starting with really that kind of City game at the Etihad where he's really impressive. Now he's had back to back kind of seven out of 10, eight out of 10 performances against Liverpool and Arsenal. He's finally becoming the player that we hoped he would be. Yeah, he's good and good and authoritative in defence now. He has been in the last two games. Um, and I feel, I feel like he's getting more attacking opportunities as well. He's he's getting into the right positions more often than not. He's working with Son a lot more. Like, yeah, I think they have a nice little, I'll go on the overlap, you go the underlap kind of relationship. Yeah, which is good because, I mean, Sessegnon's got a naturally attacking mind anyway. Um, so you'd hope that he can sort of get himself into shooting positions even a little more. But yeah, to lock down Saka, even if he wasn't like, I'm sure he was fit. He was obviously fit enough to play, but maybe not at like the peak of his powers, I suppose. But it was a, it was a great effort. And um, yeah, and Emerson on the other side as well. Can't wait to see. Uh, has his compilation dropped yet or...? I'm sure it's by the time. It's going to get so many retweets. I think that might go viral. I think some people working with Oscar's about us, but Emerson's like, why, why, why? What's this about his comps? Are they, are they like a thing? It's like, yeah, yeah. amazing. <laughs> That's the thing about it. And obviously, Emerson was the guy who held up the the white smoke flare thing yeah. for that iconic picture. He which, was scared, you know, if this if this season ends well, then that should be the kind of kind of defining picture of the season for me. Yeah, he was um he made he made like a load of tackles yesterday, and I said like mm. like um yeah, Mar- I, like we said earlier, Martinelli had a few little opportunities to go at him, but a lot of the time he shut him down. Um, you just, like like you mentioned there about the chances that I think he had a couple of chances, like one where he just lashed a bit wildly into yeah, the crowd, yeah. and then another. Yeah, which was sort of he was arriving and didn't get the right contact on the back stick, which was a bit frustrating. But yeah, defensively, he was really, really good. And he's getting a bit better in possession as well, I think. Like, I'd like Sessignon and Sonny on the side. He's getting there, yeah. Yeah, and I think there's more of an understanding with Kulisevsky as well, now that those two have played together quite a lot, which is, it's not, it's obviously not as um, productive, I suppose, as like, Mm. you know, Son came or how we go down the other side, but it's it's good to see. Um and yeah, just thought just thought he was really, really good. He deserves some praise because we've slagged him off this pod a long time. He does, you know, he does. Yeah, yeah, but... <laughs> well, makes you makes you think that, doesn't it? That you know, Conte's come in, what was the thing that kind of was standing out to who, who the players are gonna prove? You think the wing backs that's the kind of key to it. Mm. And you'd probably say that three of the four have all massively improved. And the only one who hasn't was really regular on who I actually thought started really well and looked like someone who was going to be a key player under Conte, but he's kind of been in and out of the team with injuries and stuff. Um, I still think there's maybe a player there. Maybe It might not be for us. Like, I think if we get a good bid, then maybe that's one you sell, you look to reinvest with a better player and then you have Sessignon competing with it. But it's, we are really starting to see the, the fruits of a real Conte team. You, I, think, I think that's really obvious now. And... You know, a lot. I know a lot of the stuff has been about kind of what what we can do with this team, all about the rebuild and stuff. And I'm, I'm trying to not get ahead of myself. We still, the season isn't done yet. We're still in fifth. We've obviously had a great chance to get to fourth now. And you know, I think 
I'd say it's about 50% odds of us getting fourth at this point because massively depends on Newcastle. But you can see, you can definitely see this is a Conte team now in terms of the structure, in terms of the energy, in terms of the quality, in terms of the way last night, particularly the way that everyone's united. Because I think the thing that stood out to me a few months ago now, I think it was either before West Ham or Newcastle. I can't remember which one came first, where Ben was talking with someone pitch side. I think it was Paul Allen. And if it's not Paul Allen, I'm sorry, because throwing him under a bus a bit here. Where he, he kind of said, oh, you can really feel like um, Conte's building something here. Like it's different, that the energy's different. And I was, kind of, I was a bit like, it's a bit premature for that. Like, like at this point, we were still kind of chasing. And I was still chasing now, but we were chasing even more back then. But it was like, it's a bit premature. Like I, I can see the team getting better, but I want to see more of it. I want to see the real kind of harmony across all levels. And I wasn't really seeing that at the time. Like Conte was still kind of, in and out on like his future, whatever. Now I definitely kind of see something different. I see something here where if Conte is to stay and we were to get top four and we have Champions League football and we have the pull to bring in the targets that we really want to bring in, then this is this is really, really good. This is a really good time to be a Spurs fan. Yeah, I, I mean, I think there are there are still those games that I mean, Burnley on Sunday, for example, still gives me the jips just because it's like... Uh, that scares me so much. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly, because it's like low block, without their cost up front, they're just going to sit in and look for a set piece or anything. Like, we haven't got Romario, so it's up to us to go and break them down. We can't just rely on moments of individual stupidity like we did yesterday um, to win us the game. We're going to have to be really, really creative and... We haven't always, you know, you look at the Spurs, uh, Spurs Brighton game, you look at the Brentford game as well. Like those are two tricky games that they just couldn't create anything. And I don't think they had any shots on target in those games. So things, yeah, there's still like more work to do for sure. And they've got to be more creative in games against team, teams like Burnley. But yeah. in that in that Liverpool game, we saw players putting their body on the line like Ben Davis he had a great game again yesterday but he was making blocks yeah, for days so was ridiculous well, yeah. um, like another last ditch block as well yeah, one from yeah. and it, it was nice because it was like obviously you'd rather not concede chances like that but it was like they were getting quite close <laughs> to being able to just nick one back <laughs> yeah and it was like just, just edging second, forward a little bit just yeah and just at the last second the door was being shut in their face which is quite <laughs> <laughs> I found quite funny, <laughs> <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> it was like, oh, like dangling carrot, you know? <laughs> nah, we are closed today, sir, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it's it's good times. I think there is a, a, a generally more positive vibe around the team now, just because mm. it's, it's, it's obviously so much harder to get behind them if you have no clear idea what, it is they're trying to achieve, which is what we had at the start of the season with Nuno. And we were like, I don't know how they're we're just kind of treading goals. water, weren't we? Yeah, exactly. We don't know, don't know really how to score goals. And then when we're losing, we're losing by three goals, so we're not defensively yeah. solid. Like there seems to be no improvement from the hangover of Mourinho the, the previous season. Um but yeah, I mean, we're we're obviously gonna be on a high after we do Arsenal 3 0. Um <laughs> But it does feel a lot more positive now. And yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm not sure how much I buy into this talk of momentum and, and all that. You know, I think the two the two teams left for fourth just have 
games to play really and and if Arsenal nick a result in Newcastle then you know it's still in their hands unfortunately but like sort of almost regardless of I know Champions League is very very important but if if they finish fifth and miss out by a point or something I know there will be questions over the the hierarchy and you know manager and stuff like that certain players but the improvement has just been so massive over since that 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 last game for Nuno when they got done three 0 by United, mm. so it's it's just a much more harmonious environment, I'd say. And I think there is genuine belief that they can go on. And you know, if they do get fourth, go on, get the right players who can uh, help us challenge on on both fronts. Maybe have a little clear out of the guys who aren't going to be able to contribute going forward. And just just build from there. Like a, a few a few of our colleagues have said they want Arsenal to get fourth because they're less threatened by them if they get fourth to get yeah. one, as opposed to Spurs, who you know if they go and get like a killer wing back who, who like scores six seven a season, <laughs> somebody with a little more creativity in midfield, then they could be a really really dangerous team for anybody. Um, so yeah, I think the future is looking much better than it was maybe post. That first Burnley game. <laughs> you know, it seems like a lifetime ago now, doesn't it? It's, it yeah. does. It yeah. does, yeah. It sucked the life out of me, that one. <laughs> Good yeah. Lord. Oh, yeah. Anyway, let's let's wrap up with um, the match, the goals from the match. And I feel like I haven't actually looked back at it too many times. I didn't get a clean look at it the first time around. So you might have to help me out with this, Jude. So mm-hmm. Sanchez plays a nice ball into the feet of Kane. Just like, this is about a minute after the um, second half kicked off. Yep. Sanchez plays in Kane. Kane is like wrestling with Gabriel, trying to keep yeah. the ball, trying to get a sight of goal. I, I, I didn't really know the, the, the way that the crowd reacted, like it kind of went silent a bit, like they were just kind of waiting for something to happen. Like they mm. weren't sure what was going on. They both go down. I don't know if the crowd's kind of like waiting for like a, the ref to blow for a pen or anything, and they're like it's just kind of silent. And then someone just kind of strolls in hits it through all the body of players and into the top corner. It's like, oh, it's a goal. Like, oh great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Another it, one. Yeah, it was it was quite odd. I thought I think I remember there was sort of a, a brief appeal from the crowd for a penalty. It wasn't that loud though. Mm. It just it just looked like Kane was holding off Gabriel and then slightly lost his balance a little bit. And from there <laughs> it was like ice hockey where the players just like just start firing. It's like oh just uh, yeah, <laughs> <I'm sorry>. yeah. <laughs> just let, let him go at it. Yeah, yeah it's just let them tire each other out. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and then they both hit the deck, and then I thought either Gabriel or El Nene were like in position to clear the ball. So I was like, okay, all right, they'll get rid of that. We'll have to, you know, go again. Um, and then it just like squirmed into quite an awkward little position for some. And he doesn't like he doesn't thwack it. I think he's almost a little bit wary of a big challenge coming in from either side <laughs> like and worried yeah, about yeah, his yeah. legs but he doesn't like really rip his rip his foot through the ball he just sort of almost delicately just lifts it into the corner which is it was a really nice moment of just uh you know accuracy and precision because i think he knew stick it in the corner ramsdale there's so many bodies in there if you can just find that little bit of space to put it in there's no chance of saving it he's so close in um, mm. And yeah, it was just a re- it was a really really nice it was a lovely ball from Davinson. It was nice that he was actually taking that chance to bring the ball forward and find yeah. passes into that. I I'm, I'd be really concerned if I was like an Arsenal fan watching that 
just one pass, get the ball into the area. <laughs> Kane's just holding off Gabriel. Yeah. You're like, there's got to be a little more to your core than that. You've got to work out your core, man, you know? Um, <laughs> so, yeah, but it was a great ball in. And that was like a proper, like, hold-up play from Kane. I know that we don't see that too often from him, but, like, it really just put that Arsenal defence into... You still a, do it. Yeah, just puts it, puts it, the Arsenal defence into a little bit of a disarray. And they just panic and the ball eventually gets its way to Son and he, he finishes with a plomb, I'd say. Awesome. 21 league goals now. He's... 21 league goals. Mohamed Salah, what's your back? Keep banging the drum. <laughs> I'm, run, I'm running out. I'm running out of articles, mate. I, cu- I couldn't do one last night about him. I couldn't. I couldn't. Uh... I, 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 the, the only way I was going to do a new Son piece last night was if he scored... Uh, five goals and was crowned president of the United States at the same time or something like, like I'm just this is the standard now I'm done I'm done this is I'm my campaigning's over I don't need to campaign anymore everyone knows everyone what knows if, what if he does a cane and scores seven goals in the last two games and wins the golden boot with that would, that would be, that would be, del- that would be delicious yeah that would be I, it can't yeah. be ruled out either you know you look at the last <laughs> two teams are playing especially that last one <laughs> yeah I, t- I tell you what, there's no jeopardy over that Norwich game, is there? It's, <laughs> I know. Clip that so up bad. later, but seriously, yeah. like they are. No, like- if we can't, no, if we can't do Norwich, then we deserve to, to be relegated with them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, anyone that's kind of lost points in Norwich this season, they can go. They go with them. Take yeah, them. liquidized, instant liquidation. Yeah. quite frankly, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think just before we go to the post-match stuff and kind of what this all means, I think. I think we need to go through everyone that we haven't talked about yet and give them a shout out because I thought I I gave the lowest rating I gave last night to, in my player ratings was a six to Hugo Luis, who made some really good saves and commanded his box again really well and is getting better mm-hmm. at kicking. Yeah, he made yeah he made a few decent saves, didn't he? I think he got four or five or ten in total. Um, mm. There was one little sort of cross to the back stick where he juggled it a little bit and managed to clear yeah. into it eventually. Um, but yeah, that was good. Whenever those little clip balls were coming in, he was being proactive and coming to claim the ball. Um, raced off his line once or twice as well. Dived at the feet of some attackers, yeah. I think, and nicked it off there. Um, so yeah, I think going by our player ratings, the six is usually just like, you know, decent enough, not exceptional, didn't pull out anything amazing, which is probably about right. Like kept his clean sheet, decent distribution, made the saves he would have been expected to make. So yeah, de- decent for him for sure. Um, oh, we should probably lay it on thick for Eric Dyer as well, shouldn't we? Because mm. he's been Eric um, Dyer and Benji Davis. Benji Davis, yeah, two solid boys again. Two solid boys. I I have to. I'm I'm getting very convinced by this Dyer sort of quarterback role now. Like, I think he's grown. So he's a proper Conte defender now, which is which is like dreamy to see. Um, just come out, he just gets on the ball so much. He, I think the balls he played over the top didn't, they weren't as good as they have been maybe in the last few weeks, but one of them led to the red card, didn't it? Mm. Um, yeah, for holding. Um, and he's he, he seems to have eliminated those brain farts that he has in defense, so he just yeah, just goes and knocks it out and is decent with the ball at his feet. So, um, yeah, very encouraging that he's. He's been excellent. Ben Davis could have had. He looked like he could have started with a horrid night. You know, he got 
for a yeah. barge by Saka. I didn't think I didn't think that was a foul. I thought that was a clean shoulder to shoulder, and Davis just came mm-hmm. off worse. Yeah, which funny, funny enough led to Antonio Conte getting booked as well. <laughs> um, but from yeah. there, but from now on in, it was just really kind of solid, helped out like Sessegnon helps, like get kind of getting that kind of triangle of attacking left-sided players with Sessegnon on up the pitch, which yeah. really kind of helps with yeah. the way that we kind of break down teams as well. Yeah, I really liked, I don't know, I don't think I've seen it as much in other games, but how much Hoybier was almost dropping into that left centre-back mm. position. Yeah. And then Davis yeah. was getting up the pitch, which just, um, yeah, which just added. I don't know, that must have been something they've been planning for this game, because I haven't seen it before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what I mean. It just feels like there's new layers and improvements to this team all the time. Like, we, yeah. we feel like we are going somewhere. And you did mention Berg, I thought he was outstanding just kind of sweeping mm. up I thought he was, it felt like he was first at every loose it felt like he was really you needed kind of his style of player in a dub you needed someone who's gonna not shy away from those kind of 50-50 duels who's gonna really kind of bring that kind of energy and there are you know there are there's a lot of Hoiberg detractors who kind of say like oh like it's just kind of not really there with him but I thought this is the kind of this is the perfect game for him I thought he actually complimented Benson Corwell who I think I saw it right, saying that he completed 100% of his dribbles last night, our boy Rodrigo. Mm, yeah, well, that that's what, that was something he was definitely looking to do as well. He got on the half a little bit and managed to... Mm. Um, I, I think there might have been a shot. I don't think he got a shot away at any point, but there was sort of a few opportunities where he might have taken one on from range and then shipped out wide. Um, but yeah, Hoy, I think I'm back in the Hoybier fan club now, to be honest. Um, <laughs> Because like he he does he does have good games and bad games, and when he when he plays badly, I do think that the team suffers as well, just because it's such a pivotal part in the, yeah. in the team. Um, so, like if if he's an off, got an off day on passings, you know that affects the whole team because they can't build properly. And you know a lot of the play from Spurs is often side to side, isn't it? So he's naturally getting on the yeah. ball and is needed. Um, but yeah, he he was brilliant. Made a load of tackles, um, recoveries. He seemed to just shut down a load of sort of half promising Arsenal attacks. Um, and yeah, like hopefully that that steal just continues in these next few games because Spurs are going to need it. Definitely going to need it. Yeah, yeah. And then the last starter, which we haven't really talked about, is Kluzewski, who uh, one of generally one of his quieter games, but. He still got into the thick of things. Like I think he really loved, he relished getting in those kind of byline um, battles with whoever it was, whether it was Xhaka or Tomoyasu or whatever. And also, like I mentioned earlier, provided the really, really good cross, which ultimately got us the pen. So yeah, uh, even when even I think there's a thing like with some of these players now, even when they're not at the cent- the centre of attention, they're still doing good things. They're still having an impact on the game, a positive impact on the game. Yeah, so he was quiet, but he wasn't anonymous. You know, he was still yes. like sticking yeah. his sticking his shoulder into the yellow tussle with Gabriel at one point very early on in the game. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It just it looked like he was also being to those Arsenal defenders, like you know, we're here for a fight. And he like he didn't have his most amazing game. He still like contributed well, and he helped back in defence and all that. Um, but it was just nice that there's still that aggression, like just all yeah. the way through the team. And he he provided that. Um, right. So yeah, decent enough. Any, any, anything else you want to add on what happened on the pitch, or should we dive into 
the afters? Um, I tell I, I tell you what, like I, I had been hankering for like a good five nil at one point in that game. I was, I was cause... as well. I was like, I was like, kill these guys now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> really rub their faces. <laughs> Let's break them now, you know. Yeah, and then see them go to Newcastle with their tails between their legs. But yeah, um, to be to be honest, like they just saw the game out really, really well. They didn't overextend themselves. Like, um, obviously, Song got brought off and he wasn't too happy about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he had, de- like, imagine if he if he had stayed on and got injured in, like, the 85th or something like that. So that's... Yeah, that would look yeah. really bad. I think, yeah, it was, good. it was a good call from Conte. I think it's the, yeah, it's the smart decision. So, um, yeah, just the way they managed. And even our boy so Joe Roden got run out. Yeah, yeah. That was which nice. Is, which was, yeah. <laughs> that was the most point on the 75th minute mark where uh, one of Conte's coaches has got run down the byline and he's pointed someone to come to come back and Harry Winks got, he, I think Winks had already gone down to get his shirt and stuff earlier in the game he was like, he was like pointing to me he was like do you mean me and he was like no no you and then Rhoda's kind of looking he's like oh. me <laughs> he's like, he's, he like that. He's run, he runs back down he, and he comes on I can't remember anything he actually did or anything didn't really matter not that it matters anyway but no. you know this is a player that Conte has admitted in the past he probably should have played more. I don't mm. think we're going to see a huge amount of him going forward, which is a shame because I think there is a player there, but I hope that wherever he goes, whether it's here or if it's elsewhere, that he does well because he's provided us with a lot of good content with Gareth Bale in the last year. Yes, he has. L- largely last year, obviously, when Bale was here, but you know, you can't you can't just buy good content like that you know? <laughs> no you have to have the right mix of Welsh international footballers and we, <laughs> I suppose you can buy it then um, but, you know, but, get Bale on the blower yeah be nice if like he could go to promoted Premier League you know team maybe like a Fulham or a, or a Bournemouth and whoever wins the playoffs just so he can because I think he, he never really had a proper run for Spurs at any point like he was yeah. always just plug in the gaps, really. Yeah. Or like, I don't think I don't think he's any kind of like standout attributes. I know he's quite tall, but I don't think he's like a massive error threat. But he just he just yeah. kind of excels at a lot of things. Like he's not he's not like a liability in terms of pace. He's not. He doesn't make stupid decisions. He's just good at what he does. He's just a really kind of calm sort of. With actually quite a lot of experience now. Like I know he hasn't mm. played a lot for us, but he still has. So the pressure of playing for big club, but played in some really really big games with Wales, and I think that's a really important thing as well. Yeah, just needs to go and play regularly, doesn't he? Like get a proper yeah. season, yeah. top flight, and then, uh, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll yeah. Okay, that. okay. Enough about Joe Roden. It's time for the after shoot. <laughs> the oh, after. My favorite part of the evening. Oh, it's beautiful. So, um, Arteta goes on and speaks to Sky first, and gets asked about the holding red card and the kind of refereeing forms in general. Pulls the kind of proper Jose Mourinho. I prefer not to speak. Kind of line says, "If I say what I think." I'll be suspended for six months and I would rather be on the touchline for Newcastle game, whatever. And, you know, I, th- I, I actually, I actually think that he's properly, he's doing this as a bit because he's trying to defend his players because he wasn't actually complaining that much on the touchline when those decisions happened. And he's just like, he's just, he's just being, he's acting like lightning. I can, I can, we can laugh at him for doing this. Um, But it was like, this was the big thing of his, Post-match interview. We came in to speak to uh, the written media as well. It was the same thing. Got asked about it. He said, "I'm not. I'm not talking about it. Like, didn't want to get into it. Just refused to." Um, then Conte comes in. He gets told about Arteta's uh, remarks. 
and he really goes off on one. He's digging him <laughs> out. He's like, he's like, me kid, uh, let me. You know, what? I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be a professional, dude. I'm gonna pull up exactly what he said. As yeah, I that's a, yeah. Last night, yeah. I wanna, I wanna get, I wanna make sure this is right. So, give me a second. Okay, what Conte said was. I think that Mika Arteta is a really good coach. He's doing a really good job. He has just started to do this job. I think that I listen to him complain a lot. I think that he has to be focused more to his team and not to complain. He has just started his work, and I think that he has to be calm and try to continue to work because he's very good. But to listen to a coach complain a lot of the time is not good. But it's okay. The red card, the colour of the card to me in terms of holding was clear. Don't forget against Liverpool, I said nothing about what happened with Fabinho not getting sent off. If we were to complain, we have the possibility every game to say about the referee, the decisions about postponed games, alluding to the January thing, which we'll come into in a sec. I think this is advice. If you want to ask my advice, it's good advice, but I don't care. And then Conte wasn't then again, he was asked specifically about when you say about if there's other complaints, do you mean like the fixture schedule or do you mean postponed again January? And Conte at this point is laughing. He's, he's, he's like genuinely laughing and he's and he adds if you remember he complained about the fixtures no at the time I said it's not good to complain because Arsenal were good to postpone a game in an incredible way for positive COVID tests and they only had one player with COVID I didn't forget this we have a lot of possibilities to complain today I could complain about why we play on Sunday at 12 o'clock and Arsenal play on Monday night then they have one more day rest and we play against Leicester, Liverpool and Arsenal. And now two days after, we have to play the first game at 12 o'clock. And everyone, <laughs> I think that I, there, was a, there was a lot of written media. And I think everyone's looking around at each other. I know Dan was looking at me a little bit, just kind of like, wow, that is, that's a line. We have our line, boys. <laughs> Mate, all these top six managers, they're such prima donnas, it's ridiculous. Like, <laughs> they take any, they're, like, they're little... Really start, they've really started swinging in recent weeks. They really Recently. have, yeah. And you've got Pep suddenly coming out of nowhere saying everyone supports Liverpool, and it's like, that's, ne- <laughs> that's never how it's been in England, you know? <laughs> You're not a Liverpool, Liverpool fan. Liverpool fans first say, no, they hate yeah. us, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you had Klopp the other day being like, oh, I don't like how Spurs play their fifth, you know? Amazing. <laughs> And Rangnick's always slagging off his own players, saying we need 20 new ones in the summer. Tuchel is like, I don't know, he seems a little better than the most, but yeah. And then Tuchel's got, got, Tuchel's got it together, and that's, that's a guy who's been very explosive in the past with PSG, so that tells you yeah. the state of play at the moment. Yeah, and then you've got Arteta, who I think sort of took it to another level last night with his sort of deflection. Um, yeah, it was a very, very... But to be fair, I think the, the last thing Arsenal's squad would have needed is their manager with two games to go, a one-point advantage with games, a tough-looking game against Newcastle and, you know, Everton might still be fine to stay in the Premier League. But the worst thing that Arteta could have done has been like, we were shit. <laughs> like, that would not have helped anyone. So I totally get why he's gone straight to, uh, like, the Mourinho playbook and gone, oh, I, can't, I can't talk about this, I'm upset. Um, because it it just makes sense and it puts more pressure on on him. And like you said, like now we're laughing at Arteta rather than yeah. rather than the players. So, um, but, but it's also it's also giving validation to their fans to kind of big yes. up the the conspiracies that they yeah. were wronged that every every game where they lose they've been wronged by the ref and they remember that they, I have never known a fan base to not to like pick out 
just every like little instant. Like, like I was on the way home last night, and someone really figured out that Paul Tinney, the ref from last night, was the ref who didn't give Kane the red card against Liverpool in December. Which not, which no one was denying. But like everyone was saying, "Wow, how did he get away with that?" Even us were like, "We have properly got away with one." That's a red all day long. Yeah, that sounds like Illuminati confirmed to me, mate. Um, so, oh yeah, I think I think they got him, you know. Yeah, like I mean, like that sort of thing. I could I could pay less attention to it, to be honest. Like it's just it's 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 funny. That's all it is. It's it's not to be entertained. It's with any, grown men. Yeah, it's not to be... <laughs> they're just grown men. Just innocent grown men. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's not really to be, you know, taken with any, you know, sensibility, I suppose. You're not supposed to take it seriously. Like, I yeah, don't no, think seriously. Arsenal got... Yeah, maybe, maybe there's some bias, but I don't think Arsenal were robbed by the referee. The, literally, literally, the only thing that I, th- that I think they're kind of right about is that players do um, have reputations with refs like mm-hmm. they use the cliche oh if Xhaka did that it's kind of like okay Xhaka does commit if Xhaka commits a dumb foul he will get the red for it and yeah. I kind of agree with that but it's not every single little thing that they're trying to do against you it's not and that's actually sort of I was like, like Poutini doing his best to try and send Xhaka off like Xhaka <laughs> it's like what Xhaka what? was pretty like reserved all night right you didn't get yeah exactly. Jack, Jack was like calming down I was quite worried for Arsenal in that Jack is the one doing the calming here yeah and he he, he, he nearly gave away a goal actually and uh, 3-0 down as well so yeah kind of tells you all you need, all you need to know there <laughs> <laughs> yeah there were there were some interesting quotes for sure but like just expect it from these guys they're so emotional all the time <laughs> they can just explode at any moment yeah it's Which... one of it's you know it's, it's one of those things where I'm kind of in a sense of double think about it where I'm like I'm embarrassed that the fans of our rivals think in this way that they view football in this kind of way that they do but at the same time I'm also like imagine not having a team and a set of fans that you don't hate like this like imagine being like like I think my thing was Chelsea Chelsea don't have a rivalry in the same way that Arsenal and Tottenham have each other they hate Tottenham, but they have a real kind of obsession with Tottenham. But they, they don't. But Tottenham don't see it the same way. Tottenham see it as a kind of human hatred rather than a we have yeah. like divine right kind of hatred. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I guess like West Ham haters are haters as well. They, their main thing is Millwall, but they're never in the same league, so that's really different for them as well. Mm-hmm. And then just all these other clubs, like I follow. I've been covering Brentford this season don't really have a rivalry like I guess it's Fulham and QPR but it's not blood and thunder the way that it is with Tottenham and Arsenal and I think that's why I obviously we're really biased we're all going to say I think this is the best rivalry derby in the UK not the, yeah. no, not the UK sorry I think Old Firm probably because that's mm. that's it that's it's only like kind of tier. that's yeah that's something over else. here yeah. that's yeah that's, that's not that's not football but I'd, I'd that's, say that's, that's a global kind of thing yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'd say like on a on a on a par with with Old Firm in that like it never disappoints. This we were talking about this yeah, in, yeah. in our Slack like yesterday. Mm, and I was saying were, yeah. like North London Derby, like I don't see how you can't enjoy it. I know because like the whole thing is frantic for me. Like yeah. <laughs> it's always filled with ridiculousness. How can you not like this? And like how can you uh like big yourself up for a Liverpool United derby? 
when Sky used to promote the shit out of that all week and it ended up with like... I remember Red Monday 2016, 0-0. I was watching in a Yates in Portsmouth. I'll never get that back. Yeah, exactly. And it ends up with Mourinho going to Anfield and getting a point and like that's our Monday night football. Like, uh, (laughs) amazing. What a (laughs) finish. That's all the time for this week. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, I don't. I don't think any right any 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 match. I'd say, maybe, maybe yeah. like Liverpool and United's rivalry is more intense. I mean, obviously not anymore because one team is so clear ahead of the other. They, they have that the kind of history behind it. Like that's, yeah. a, that's a different kind of thing. It's the pressure of playing for those clubs. But in terms of just, because it does feel like the, the whoever comes in through the doors at Tottenham and Arsenal, they it, they do seem to be informed quite early on. This is the team that you hate. You cannot associate yourselves with them. This like, yeah. don't do it. You can't do that. Whereas I don't see the kind of same thing with like. I think I think my, my example I remember is um, Hugo Lloris and Olivier Giroud. I think are really good friends. Mm-hmm. When Giroud was at Arsenal, they never kind of were, like kind of pitched together. They never said anything about each other. Nothing. Then when Giroud goes to Chelsea, I think there's a little bit more then, but it's because the kind of rivalry kind of broken then. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas you kind of see with like Man City, Man United, for example, like their kind of Portuguese contingent are really close. They really yeah. kind of, yeah. And I'm not, I'm trying not to be proper old football man here. Roy Keane's rolling in his grave. You know what I mean? Like, I think, I think it does matter. Like, the players do oh, seem for to. Think, sake. Like, yeah, yeah. To whip out a cliche, it does seem that the players on both sides, I'm not saying it's just Tottenham, but Arsenal as well, because they, you know, this is it, they get it. Yeah. Understand it. There's an important. It's engraved in these clubs to hate the other. And I do, and that's different. I think that's why it's with Arsenal, um, with Rangers and Celtic, because part of your identity is hating the other side and wanting them to do as worse as possible. Whereas I don't think that's the case with the other rivalries. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd agree for sure. Like, like you said, the Chelsea one is is just like we don't like you people. It's a bit different. In that sort of it's way, just, it's just like, please go away. Yeah, in that in that kind of way, I'd say there's like almost more respect for Arsenal because at least it's just like a local turf thing. Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely, yeah, yeah, just two parties thinking the other. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not wishing Arsenal's got a business or anything like that. <laughs> Re- yeah. Relegate relegated now. Now you're talking my language. I'm not saying <laughs> no. They still need to be there. But obviously, we just can't have them finishing above us. You need to. You need. Uh, it's just the thing. I thought you need to have the lightning rod for your ill feelings as well. Yeah, and uh, I've, a, I've a, got a, a, a healthy, a healthy way to do it. Sure. A healthy way to do it. Yeah, and I think this I'm is like, the healthiest way you can do it. Yeah, and I'm sure you've got Arsenal pals who you'll talk to the game with, and they'll be very. Um, I'm. I honestly, Jude, I live. I live no, I know. I live in an, a massive Arsenal circle, as in. Oh, you do. I have, I, I have a group. I'm in a group chat where it's twelve Arsenal fans, one <laughs> Chelsea fan, and then me. And <laughs> the amount, like, honestly, um, I'm ashamed to say the amount of times like I've kind of been roped into get, watching games at Arsenal pubs. Like, you know, <laughs> what a famous Arsenal pub, the Twelve Pins in Finsbury Park. I've been there too many times. Too, too many <laughs> times. The, the, the chat is named after the Twelve Pins. Uh, that's so I, I I like I'm just living in this circle all the time, and I'm whenever Derby week comes up, I'm just like I cannot afford us to lose this game. Yeah. <laughs> and there's just so much, and like just reading through like the chat, like all the kind of fume. Like I know there's one guy said that he left at half time because he's like it's just the most pointless match ever. What's the point? I'm going home. <laughs> so you know, point? on days like this, it's it's perfect. So we, I guess the thing is, we just got a hope that we can do our bit towards down the stretch and hope that Thursday night wasn't just 
not for nothing, because I think this is still an important thing, but that it achieves to our big goal, which is to get into the top four, which requires us to beat Burnley on Sunday or or get a draw and hope for a miracle. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, we just need the better Arsenal's results, really, yeah. don't we? Yeah. So, you know, we could get we could get two draws and they could lose one and draw one and that'd be okay. Yeah. Hopefully we just it's not like that because that will be hell. <laughs> that, yeah. that might be the worst ending to a season for my heart yeah. rate. Yeah. Um, that I could probably imagine. But yes, Burnley already sort of touched on how scared of Vout I am. I don't know if you feel <laughs> the same, but he might just bundle one in off his ass in like the fifth minute. A li- yeah, a little bit. It's time. It's time where he does look imposing. But the the last few times I've seen him, he's looked really kind of useless. So I'm hoping yeah. that's the version of him that turns up on Sunday. Yeah, and gen- like you, you mentioned the the Brighton and Brentford games. Like Burnley aren't on the level of Brighton and Brentford. Burnley don't have that kind of. I know they won a good run mm. recently, but they got beaten by Villa, where they looked quite vulnerable. Um, I don't think they're as organised. I don't think they carry as much threat. I and ultimately this is a this is a game where quality should tell if you're like I don't I'd have to check I'd have, but I think apart from when they did Liverpool and Anfield last year I think their record away at big six clubs is like staggeringly shocking that like they get battered quite a bit it's yeah. just really a turf more where they make that advantage count so this should be this should be a good yeah. game for us we, we smashed them last season right was that one of the, the dream games with like Bale and Son Kane all playing and doing really well Smash them up anyway, right? Could you could you remind me what happened in it? I I think we won. Like I think you might be right. I think it's now. in that. I think it's in that class. No, you're right. I did go. Yeah, I went to that game. We did. Let we did. That's them. Yeah, I think Bell um, scored. Yeah, I think Bell scored. It might have been four, but yeah, it was. Just uh, yeah, one, it was yeah, one of those. yeah. It was. It was one of those like spring games where like we were playing like them yeah. and West Brom and Palace and Sheffield United and we were just like smashing them. Like, yeah. Where it's like one of the one of the games where we were just doing our thing and that was enough. So yeah, we were just hopefully, that, hopefully it, yeah, hopefully, it, hopefully it's just as simple as that this weekend. But yeah, yeah, we'll see. I mean, Burnley, like, and they, their managers just won. You know, you know their manager, of course, Mike Jackson. He's just one manager, the Mike Mike Jackson. Jackson. Yeah, the Mike Jackson. And, yeah, know, Frank robbed. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> keep, keep pushing the narrative, man. You know, that's right. He's up for manager of the season. I don't see Mike yeah. Jackson up for that. I see Mike <laughs> Jackson getting relegated. Really <laughs> no. No, but seriously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I mean, who are they being? They've been Wolves, who are sort of on holiday, Southampton and Watford, and then they just lost to Villa. So I guess the thing for them is they still will win those games where they haven't been winning before. So yeah. That's important for them. But I don't but it doesn't feel like like if they if they'd gone on a massive kind of run. They've only that before they won those games, they'd only won about three this season, and one of which was against yeah. us. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. Can I ask who you'd um, rather see go down out of Burnley and Leeds? Because I'm quite firm in my belief well, in one. Well, yeah, I think in an ideal world, it's somehow Everton, but at the same time, we get top four. <laughs> <laughs> but we, we're probably going to need them to do something. Yeah. Uh, I, I think Burnley are a good Premier League supervillain. This is I feel like, thinking, yeah, but that, I guess it also requires someone that they replace Dice with someone who is also like Dice and they don't go for some kind of progressive route. <laughs> so, because if they go with someone who's like, who's actually kind of like young and up and coming, it's like, okay, get these guys out of here. We've got enough of those, got enough of those teams. Don't need, don't need Burnley. I Whereas, just can't see Burnley playing it out from the back, mate. I just don't think it's ever going to happen. <laughs> 
You never Potter. know, man. You don't know what these teams are like. Could you could you imagine Brighton under Potter when the Hudson was there? Uh, yeah, that's true. That's yeah, true. Exactly. Josh Brown you know becomes the new Pedri. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel like, uh, yeah, I feel like it's Leeds. I feel like it's... I think it's Leeds rather, as well. Yeah. I'd rather than, I'd rather than stay up and like Everton go down. But if we, if we had to choose, then picking Leeds. Yeah, I think Leeds is funny. D- dirty Leeds. Dirty yeah. Leeds. Because their their grand fairy tale is over if they go down. <laughs> they have to start Sack all over for again. nothing. Yeah. Jesse Marsh came in, yeah. pointing at the fans. And the eagle on his crest, I'm sure. Big, ta- big tactics. We've got two red cards in two games in 30th minute. Hold on. Well done. Yeah, that was, that was, yeah, that was a thing. Actually, get them down. They didn't do any favours against Arsenal or Chelsea. Great. Yeah. <laughs> no longer Leeds fans, unfortunately, because they didn't help us yeah. out. Okay. Right, uh, anything else you want to chat about, mate? I feel like we did, this is a big old one we've done today. It has, yeah. I was so, yeah. Our Zoom, our Zoom calls didn't even run out. I thought we had the cheap Zoom. No, I don't really know what's going on here. I think it's still it is still we've, recording. We've, we've, <laughs> oh god! Oops! Oh. No, you, 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 say, you, say that by, you say that by. You say that by. was a half time last night, and I thought my the draft of my ratings had saved, and it didn't. So I had to do them all again. Start oh. second half. That's what. That's why I partially missed the sun goal because I was busy writing, and then there were people in front of me standing up as well. So oh, that's horrendous, yeah. mate. But yeah, I think we've. This was a quiet second half, though. <laughs> yeah, actually, made, made a good job. Yeah, yeah, nothing very, else to report. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think yeah. that's everything, mate. I think we've yeah, I think rattled so. through a fair amount. Some good I hope choice that, content. Yeah, I hope that everyone's enjoyed this episode. I know that I did. I know that you did, Jude. Uh, uh, it's been it's been a tough effort, but we've got through it. It's been great. I uh, don't know if we're going to be able to do one before. The end of the season, actually. You can do one, mate. <laughs> I want to do one. I've got so much. I've just got so much jazz in me at the moment after that <laughs> result yesterday. Yeah, because we're off to Barcelona, aren't we? So Barcelona. Unless you want to do one on the Friday when we get back. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're we, still... well, we might. We not. We might not be. Maybe. Yeah. Of Ben, Hunter, and Dan get the gang back together. They can do one. <laughs> they want to do one. Yeah, hopefully they can do one, mate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll make them do one. Yeah. All right. Uh, thanks for thanks for listening, everyone. Um, please subscribe, and if you haven't left a rating review, please do. It really helps us a lot. And if we don't see you next week, we'll see you at the end of the season, where hopefully we've secured a return to the Champions League. Bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.